Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the UW Film Club podcast, where each week we invite a member of the club onto the show to talk about a movie of their choosing. Whether that movie be good, bad, topically relevant, or anything in between, it's all on the table. I'm your host, Jim Saunders, and joining the podcast this week is special guest AJ. How are you doing, AJ? Hi, I'm doing good. That's great. That's great. Week 10. Yeah. Finals coming up. Basically dead week. Well, not really. It's We have a, these three days, and then... Thanksgiving break, and then with Zed Week, and yeah, it's a, it's a hard, hard time. Funny thing, my birthday falls on final. Ooh, it does it really. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's right. Is it your you? So you're a first year. No? Yeah, freshman. You're a freshman. Okay, so how's how's your first quarter going? Um, it's going good so far. That's good. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. What are you trying to major in? Uh, computer engineering. Nice, 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 nice. Best of luck with that. Yeah, Unless you were, were you a, are you a direct in man? Great to college of engineering. Awesome, awesome. Okay, yeah, because I um, I was in, I'm a sophomore now, but last year I was really interested in uh, human centered design and engineering, mm-hmm. and but I didn't get direct to engineering, and uh-huh. so that that was like a real hindrance. So like, keep on keeping on, man. You got this. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's great. Finals are coming up, like I just said. Uh, is there anything film related you wanted to talk about that sort of has happened recently or mm, I would say well I'm gonna watch 1917 on Monday you excited for that yeah you know I, it's like a, I heard that the whole movie is such that it's one shot it's been edited like that that is kind of what I heard about it too which I I don't know if they're gonna uh, I, I don't know if it's like actually one shot or they're gonna just make it look like one shot. Like yeah, it's gonna like, ed- they're gonna edit it like that. Yeah, like 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 how Bird. Did you ever see Birdman a few years ago? No, but I'm expecting it to be something like Dunkirk. Mm-hmm. Or it's like actually it's World War One, so technically not like Dunkirk, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's like it's like a, a war movie. It's like a World yeah. War One thing and then no but Birdman was this was this movie that was it was made to look like it was all one shot mm-hmm. like uh, save for like a few exceptions where it's like mm-hmm. uh, it's a time lapse but um, I really like that movie partially because of the way it's presented mm-hmm. uh, and the way it looks like one shot so that'll be really exciting I unfortunately can't make it to that screening which uh, I'm a little upset by but uh, have you seen Ford with a Ferrari I haven't yet no I've heard I've heard some mixed things but I've also heard some great things about it I mean I'm not a big I'm I'm not that interested in racing but mm-hmm. it was a good movie Christian Bale I, yeah he always he, Matt Damon oh it might be his second best performance yet second best what's his what's his Martian best? oh okay gotcha gotcha yeah yeah it's just, that's a solid oh, movie if also you, if you're gonna see that I mean for any audience member see it in 4DX that's what I've yeah. That's what I've heard is is it's actually it's actually one of a one of those movies that really, you know, enhances the experience if you see it in forty x. Yeah. Which I think they they um, the Regal Meridian is a forty x. Yeah, theater. I like, went I went there. Yeah. So like some of the uh, shots are like first person. So you're mm-hmm. sitting in the car and you can see from that. Oh, that's really cool. Like that. Yeah. That's really cool. <laughs> I'm spacing on the direct the name of the director James. Uh, I'm not that sure. He's the guy who did Logan, and he did Walk the Line, and he did a few other movies. I want to say James Marshall, but I don't think that's right. Mm, let me look it up. Yeah, James Mangold. Mangold. Okay, I was close. <laughs> I was close. No, but he's a really, really solid director. I really love Logan and a few other, a few other movies that he's done. Um, so that's good to hear. Mm. I just 
um, recently, it was last week or the week before, I saw Honey Boy, and that was uh, fantastic. Yeah, too. And then, um, and then also Waves. There was mm. the Waves screening, which I thought that movie was really great as well. Um, really dramatic, really great performances all around in that movie. Great soundtrack. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, it's got like it's got like Radiohead and Tame Impala and Alabama Shakes, Frank Ocean, a bunch of stuff that like I listened to already. So it enhanced my experience. And you also watched The Irishman. Yeah, would you at that screening? Yeah, 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 yeah. What What were your thoughts on that? Because I wasn't um, honestly crazy about it. I didn't know. I mean. It felt like an old person movie to me. An old person movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's. I'm not typically a fan of like the the gangster movies that that uh, Martin Scorsese has made. I mean, like I, I like Goodfellas in in those movies, but I mean, a gangster movie that I really like is The Godfather Part One and Part Two. Mm-hmm. And I thought the movie was trying to imitate that in some of the scenes. Like they were trying to get the New York feel of the like the mafia, mm-hmm. but it kind of didn't sound like that. It's got some like a little bit of those religious themes as well, mm-hmm. kind of. But it was three and a half hour long. Yeah, no, that that that's like been my main gripe with the movie. Like in talking to people who really love it, I'm like I, I don't think it really needed to be that long. Like I, I thought that uh, the most interesting stuff in the movie is all the family drama mm. parts of it. So, like, with his relationship with his daughter and how sort of detached they were. Yeah. Like, I, I, I love seeing that stuff, but I feel like we didn't, really, explore that. we didn't really get that until maybe the last third of the movie. And even, like, Godfather Part 2 is three and a half hours long, but there's so much action in it. But this Irishman felt a little slow, mm-hmm. I would say. I felt like it meandered. It felt like it just mm-hmm. wasn't always, like entirely going forward it just felt like maybe these were a bunch of things that were happening you know or like that they dealt with but a lot and a lot of that didn't really add a lot thematically i don't think it was just sort of things happened and you're like well what is happening here um but no i, I know a lot of people love that movie though it's i think it's coming to netflix within within the next couple of weeks yeah i believe um so if you've seen it or if, if you're excited for it and you're a fan of huge fan of Martin Scorsese then you'll most likely enjoy it there's there's a lot to appreciate about it for sure I think it's a movie I appreciate more than I like what you did for the Knives Out screening Knives Out I really wanted to see Knives Out it's I, coming this Friday I guess oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah I'm, I'm really excited about that movie what were your thoughts on it um, it's hard to describe because I don't want to spoil the movie but it's like I would say I was first I was skeptical because it's by Ryan Johnson. Were you not a Last Jedi person? No, I uh, didn't. <laughs> I was a, I was a big fan of that movie. Really? I, I understand why people don't get it, but it was just like exactly what I, I would wanted say the, the Star Wars movie. Like, the part where they go to the casino in the Last Jedi and the whole rose thing that could have been cut out and it would have been a good movie. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was like skeptical like Ryan Johnson, but I was surprised by how good it was. Mm-hmm. I would say one of the best drama I've seen. Really? Yeah. That's, that's of, the, of this year. That's that's high praise. That's really yeah. high praise. No matter what you thought of Star Wars: Last Jedi, mm-hmm. like because I mean, the Star Wars fan base is is so divisive, and people are going yeah. to you, you can't please all of them. <laughs> but I think undeniably, Ryan Johnson's super talented. Like if you've seen Brick or Looper, mm-hmm. or I guess now Knives Out, then like yeah, he you yeah. could tell he's he. 
he knows what he's doing. He has a, a grasp on the craft. Like, uh, not every genre is for everyone, so... Yeah, maybe he, maybe he didn't like fit well in the you know fantasy Star Wars thing, but mm-hmm. when he does drama, he does a good job. Mm-hmm. The Who Done It mystery oh, yeah. movies are like, and like Agatha Christie stuff is sort of a guilty pleasure for me. So have you seen um, what do you call it? Uh, the Murder on the Orient Express. I actually wasn't a huge fan of that, mm. but is it is that like the most similar movie you can think of in terms yeah. of kind of like that? Because the murder is like the main part of the movie, and they're trying to solve it. Mm-hmm. But it, it was, I would say, Nice Out is more unique than that because there's some elements that would surprise you if you watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm um, I'm really excited uh, to finally see that. Hopefully, I can do that during break, but we'll see. We'll see, we'll see. Um, do you want to just get into the movie we're talking about from here? Oh, hmm? uh, yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, I think we'll just get right into it then from here. And today, we are talking about the Taika Waititi film, Jojo Rabbit. Yep. Which, I I would say has been pretty divisive, but, I mean, just looking at, like, the meta score right now, Mm -hmm. it's pulled up, it's at 58. I think that's going to come with the territory of what this movie's about, Mm -hmm. but at least amongst the people I've talked to, everyone seemed to really enjoy it. What would in, what instead of what's interesting is that uh, if you go to Rotten Tomatoes, the critics rated at like seventies over there, but the audience is like over ninety. So mm-hmm. there's like a bit of a divide. Yeah, I tend to for a lot of movies like we just talked about the Last Jedi. <laughs> I tend to like there's a yeah. lot of those that I tend to decide with the critics a little bit more. But I honestly think I side with audiences more on this one because this is like. It's such a weird thing to talk about this movie and it being, like, about a little boy who his imaginary friend is Hitler. <laughs> and also say that this is one of the most feel-good movies of the year. Like, by far. Um, it's essentially about a young kid in Germany in World War II, during World War II, who has this imaginary friend uh, hip, in, who's Hitler, played by Taika Waititi. And essentially he finds out that his mom has been hiding this Jewish girl in their, inside their house. Yeah. And that's sort of the basic premise of it. And it's essentially this... Uh, it's described as an anti, anti-hate satire. Yeah. What are your thoughts about it? Um, well, before I started, did you know that Taika Waititi is actually Jewish? Yeah, I was, I was aware <laughs> of that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like, a, you know... Well, I really love the movie. Mm-hmm. I, I love Taika Waititi. Like one, of, um, Ragnarok is one of my favorite Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. It's really I love that movie. It's super fun. <laughs> Definitely my top five Marvel. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean Taika Waititi has you know, is the master of happy sad cinema. Like if you Jojo Rabbit has like you know it's like a roller coaster of emotions. Mm-hmm. Like that's my title of the review anyway. So it's an so you start with like a happy tone, then you go sad, then you go happy, then you go sad, mm-hmm. and you know, and the way it's presented, you feel those emotions go mm-hmm. through you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that a lot of movies will attempt. Well, okay, for, like just going into the movie, I was a little, a little bit skeptical because I mm-hmm. think that this is uh, material 
just like uh, just anything about like World War Two or the Holocaust that like <laughs> and making yeah. it a comedy. I think I think a lot of people were scared that this is going to be really distasteful, and I don't think it was at all. And I think because a lot of the comedy comes in the fact that it's like like look at how absurd and violent yeah. this mindset I mean, is. The Nazis are the butt of the joke, so yeah, it's okay to joke about that. And so yeah, yeah, and so I think that like when. Uh, when the movie goes from comedic to really dark at, mm. at some points, it, it, it does so so seamlessly because that like undertone of 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 violence and yeah. and and all that is is has been there the entire time. It's just like two sides of the same coin. Right. It's like it's it's poking fun and saying like how ridiculous is this mindset and the people I, people thought this way and then he was the result of it. Mm. And so I think. Uh, I love it when movies can. We a couple of weeks ago we talked about bl- the movie Blind Spotting. If you've mm, ever seen yeah. that movie, and I I love it when movies can just so seamlessly go from comedy to drama and just have two sides of the same coin. Um, those are always super super fascinating to me. The way storytellers can sort of pull that off, and I think Taika Waititi really pulled it off for this movie. Even you know like people are always skeptic when you make a joke like comedy out of a World War II tragedy or something. Mm-hmm. Like during in the in the nineteen forty, Charles Chaplin made a film on Nazis. It was a comedy film, but it was in nineteen forty mm-hmm. during World War Two. Right. So like people were quite skeptical about it, and I guess people are skeptical about Jojo Rabbit right now for the same reasons. But I guess years from now, people are gonna like, yeah, it was a good movie. Mm-hmm. It's 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 interesting also because I've heard some people. Before even really seeing the movie, I've heard some people say like, "Oh, this is distasteful. This is this is whatever." And then some people also, after they've seen the movie, mm-hmm. say that they think it played itself a little too safe. And I was wondering mm-hmm. what you thought about that. Um, I would say that I wanted, like, I felt that the you know imaginary Hitler was kind of missing during middle of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, you have a lot of Taika Waititi scenes during the beginning and. During the end, it's not it's not for comedic reason, but for like dramatic reasons why mm-hmm. they introduce Hitler. But I guess most of the jokes I heard, I remember were from the trailer for some reason. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I would say that it was a bit they played a bit safe, but we know the reasons why they did that. Mm-hmm. I feel like in this situation, it's definitely a, a, a damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of mm, thing. Because yeah. I think making a movie about the, again about this material. You're walking on eggshells. Like, it's a very precarious situation. And so I feel like Taika Waititi wanted to be uh, as crowd-pleasing and as safe as possible. But I don't think it work, works to the movie's detriment. Like, I think this movie is still hilarious. Yeah, it's um, definitely hilarious. It is. I'm trying to think of character names right now. Uh-huh, okay. <laughs> Give me one second. Sorry. It's Jojo and then Elsa. And Elsa. Elsa's the girl that they're, yeah. that has been hiding in the house. Um and they're talking, and she says to him, uh, you're not a Nazi. And then he says, oh, yeah. I'm massively into swastikas, so I think I'm a Nazi. <laughs> yeah. And that line, I just lost it, because it's just... Um, it's That line was just hilarious to me, but then it, it continues on, and then she ends up saying, you're not a Nazi, Jojo. You're just a boy. Trying you're just to- a 10-year-old... Yeah, you're just a 10-year-old kid who likes dressing up in a funny yeah, uniform and, and wants to be a part of the club. Yep. Um, and so even in that, that quote, it's like it runs the spectrum of comedy and then it gets really real and dramatic. And I think another there's another undertone that's like kind of explored in this movie that 
um, I don't think a, a ton of people are talking about, but it's like the quote talks about like who likes dress like your 10 year old kid who wants to be part of a club. Like you just want a sense of belonging. Mm-hmm. And I think that like it, it almost is like Hitler serves as kind of like a father figure to um, to him yeah. in a way. Because he, not, I would not say a father figure, but like some someone to whom he looks up to. Yeah, yeah, like he wants idol. he wants like a mentor, yeah, like yeah, yeah, like an idol. Um, and I think a lot of the movie is just about like the indoctrination of people that feel like they need a place to belong. Mm-hmm. And I feel like like the whole like Nazi ideology and how it appealed to that and how it appealed to young uh, young men like that. Yeah, I mean. Most of the World War Two movies you see are mainly from the point of allies, mm-hmm. you know, like Dunkirk or Saving Private Ryan. Wait, that was a World War Two movie, right? Yeah, yeah, and you know, so we see it from the part of allies, even uh, allies, and even one of my favorite World War Two movies, Inglorious Bastards. Mm-hmm. It's more about you know, it shows Nazi part of the story, but it's more about you know. But this is the first time we get to see a Nazi from, like, an ordinary boy becoming, like, being a part of the Nazi. Mm-hmm. So we get to see how the German people were there during World War II. That was an interesting take on the movie. Right. Yeah, it definitely takes a, a really unique angle of it. And it's almost like we're, we could be potentially seeing, like, how this kid goes down the dark path, but then eventually he mm-hmm. uh, leads more towards... Uh, becoming more empathetic. I think there's a lot, especially at the beginning of it, of the mm-hmm. movie, there's like, he's uh, picked on a lot and he's called Joe's oh, a yeah. rabbit because he refuses to kill this rabbit. Mm-hmm. And so I think in him spawns a lot of anger and a lot of like need to fit into mm-hmm. this group. And he's he's desperate and he just becomes more aggressive. And But throughout it, he his arc is he becomes a lot more empathetic. And I think it's really sweet and I just... just yeah, just I really, I really yeah. like this movie. I mean, like you start Jojo with like an innocent boy, you know, mm-hmm. he, like the reason why he hates Jews is because he's been told to do so. Right. Yeah, and then he's finally at the end, like he's finally thinking for himself, yeah. and he's been told he's been told that you know Nazis are right, these are the people there, and he he has no choice but to believe them because that's what has been propagated to to right. uh, Nazi Germany. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can't blame him, but then we see him, you know, realize that he's not actually a Nazi, he's actually more of a human, you know. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of, yeah, that, that idea is like he's, he's, less, he's less a Nazi and more of an actual human. Because all the Nazis, like, um, I think about the one character played by Stephen Merchant who oh, yeah, goes the, into the house and it's just, it's just it like was, some surreal dialogue where yeah. he's just... It's actually kind of hilarious, the scene where they're all like, hell Hitler, and yeah. he's saying it to every single person and in the yeah, room. Yeah, I mean, I've been... I like, this believe, is bizarre. I can't believe how Tiger didn't take, took a phrase as, you know, controversial as H.H., I, would, I wouldn't say the phrase. You know, he took the oh, phrase... Oh, I, I probably shouldn't have said that. Yeah. Sorry about that. No, it's fine. I, I mean, so he took that phrase, so controversial, and then he made it into a comedy out of it. Yeah. So that was something as unique to me, like... He just I I watched a YouTube video by where he Tiger Lily and who's the guy Stephen Merchant, they explain the scene, mm-hmm. and they break down the scene. So he says that uh, you know why did they want to show that how you know idiotic some of the Nazi traditions were like to greet everyone and then you know praise Hitler always. Mm-hmm. 
that was a good joke. Yeah, and for sure. Know, that reminds me of, you know, my favorite joke from the movie. So, you know, did, uh, like, there's, like, uh, Hitler during World War One. he was a soldier, and he lost one of his testicles during the war. Uh, oh, I yeah. remember that joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, like, he says, <laughs> you might have heard that uh, Hitler had only one war. <laughs> he has four. <laughs> that joke, <laughs> it just stuck with me. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was really... There's so many good quotes and, and jokes in this movie, which I love the... It's not a joke, but I, I love the... Uh, I love the end line, or not the end line, but like uh, the last line said to Hitler, and it's like it's also because yeah, this movie's yeah. this movie's PG thirteen, and so it's allowed. It's 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 one f bomb, oh, and yeah. then JoJo says to Hitler, "Fuck off, yeah. Hitler!" and kicks him out of the window <laughs> in the most comedic way possible. Yeah, it's fantastic, but the the dramatic again is never sacrificed. The, hmm. it's and uh, you know, Taika Waititi's Hitler is not just for a comedic purpose, but also for showing, you know, Jojo's mind, you know. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, you know, uh, you have that the classic scene, like, there's one, oh wait, there's an uh, angel on your shoulder and a devil on your shoulder. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're trying to decide between the two parts. So, mm-hmm. you could say that, uh, you know, Jojo is, like, the good kind and, you know, the, his Hitler is, like, trying to make him, you know, like a Nazi figure, mm-hmm. telling him what to do and what not to do. Whereas Jojo, you know, you know self is telling him what's right. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of he he's doing everything for this imaginary friend. Like he's looking for affirmations from Hitler. Uh, I think that's a really interesting dynamic. Mm-hmm. But also, um, I want to get into the mother character played by Scarlett oh, Johansson. Yeah, you know, I would say I love her character. You know, mm-hmm. you know, in my review, I would say that she's like the strongest character in the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, she is well-defined. And uh, I was watching an interview with, um, you know, I guess it was Vajiti and Trevor Noah. So he says that he wanted a mother character that is not just a mother. She is more than that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you see her, okay, you see her, you know, giving up posters and, you know, spreading the anti-Nazi propaganda. So you know her, what her stance is and what she wants to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think I think she's really well defined. I think she's she's funny and sarcastic, mm-hmm. and uh, seeing her play off of JoJo and back again is like it brings a lot of um, both you know comedic parts to the movie, and also just a lot of like a real sense of of heart to it. Do you, rem- do you remember the dinner scene? You know when they were like having a dinner and like. Um, then she goes like oh Jojo asks like where's my father and then she like acts like a father and like she makes you know makes you you know she mm-hmm. act, does an acting I loved her acting by the way Scarlett Johansson's mm-hmm. yeah I think she I think she's really good a lot of people were complaining about her really her accent oh okay depends did you know that no car- no actor in the movie is actually German that seems about right yeah yeah <laughs> Um, but still, um, their accent is quite good, I would say. Yeah, I, I really had no complaint. Like, I really liked seeing Scarlett Johansson in this. I think she does a really good job. There's um, a lot of a lot of personality to her character, which um, this podcast, again, is full spoilers, but I think... We haven't gone into it, so I guess you could walk. You could watch till now and not be spoiled. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure what we have said in terms of spoilers. Well, well, we kind of did say, like, the ending, but... Doesn't matter. This is full spoilers. 
Yeah. Uh, full steam ahead. Um, yeah, from now on, it's all spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> it's set up where earlier in the like early in the movie, like it's just a, a public hanging of multiple. Oh, yeah. um, the anti-war protesters. Mm-hmm. And that's an idea that's set up. We're just at the beginning of the movie. Like, this is the consequence. Mm-hmm. There's a very real consequence of people who are against the war efforts. And then near the end of the movie, his JoJo's mom, Rosie, by played by Scarlett Johansson, is is hung. Yeah, that scene was like the, you know, the turning point of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when you... So, during the movie, they emphasize so much on her. You know, shoes, like, mm-hmm. when she's trying her shoes and, they, like, so you see, you can recognize her shoes just by looking at them. Yeah. So when, you know, when, like, Jojo, like, the scene goes, like, he's trying to chase a butterfly somewhere, mm-hmm. and then he stops, he goes down, then he stands up, and then he looks at the shoe. And, you know, that was, a point, that was like, oh, no, scene for me. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, um... And then it's it's set up at the beginning where she ties his shoe, yeah. And then when he, she's hanging, he ties her shoe. He ties her shoe, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. There's a lot of shoe imagery in this movie. That I, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but that scene is just is just jaw dropping. Like it's 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 something that you see happening or you you can see is about to happen because like it's it's been demonstrated how you, you know she's obviously hiding the the girl in the house mm-hmm. and. Uh, hanging up a bunch of anti-war stuff mm-hmm. but it was still just like devastating and it just it like happens right after a super comedic scene and it, you still feel yeah. it it doesn't feel it feels jarring but in the in the best way possible I guess mm. and you know the movie like you're like oh no no now Jojo is all alone in the war what's he gonna do like, right you know that made that made the movie go on that was mm-hmm. a push that the movie needed I would say mm-hmm I think I think having that such an, an an emotional devastation for Jojo is what really shook his character to the core. Mm-hmm. Like the, like these people killed my mom, right? Mm-hmm. And so that was a, that was a big turning point for the movie and for Jojo as a character. And um, so, who was the character? Uh, I forgot his name. You know the guy who plays Theon Greyjoy in Game of Thrones. He was in the movie. Oh, um, Finkel, played by Alfie Allen. Yeah, Alfie Allen, yeah. He and his, uh, what do you call boss, Sam Rockwell's character, they were, like, during the first, I would say, half of the movie, they felt like, you know, useless, throwaway characters. Mm-hmm. But, like, I love how, you know, YTT set, up them up, set them up as, you know, important late in the movie. Mm-hmm. Especially Sam Rockwell's character, uh, yeah. Clemson Dorf. Um, he has like two important scenes. Like one was when uh, Stephen Merchant raids his house, Jojo's mm-hmm. house, and yeah. and he finds uh, Elsa. Then Elsa like brings up a passport or something, a document, uh, like a like a birth certificate. Yeah, certificate, and you know uh, Sam Rockwell takes and she asks he asks for a birthday and she puts something, but it was wrong. But he lets her go because he knows what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she um, yeah she she gets uh, the birthday wrong, and then Sa- Sam Rockwell's character Klenzendorf, just lets her go, and you almost think like oh there's people on the inside that yeah. are against the war like yeah. like you think that's where it's going but then uh, near the end he sort of outs Jojo mm. for um, 
yeah, for not being a Nazi. Yeah, it's I guess I've you know I believe that uh, Rosie and Rockwell's character were like you know conspiring against the Nazi together. Mm-hmm. I believe that's the thing. Like uh, Rockwell knew knew about Rosie, you know, doing the spreading the propaganda. Mm-hmm. So uh, the scene, you know, the when he raised her, it's such it's so dramatic, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's there. He was able to you know put comedy into it. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. It's yeah, cause there's um. There's the book that Jojo had been working yeah. on before he, like, really started to get to know Elsa. Or, I mean, while he was starting to get to know Elsa, was working on it. But it was, like, it was, like, I don't even know. It was, like, why why Jews are so... I don't even remember what he called it. It was, like, some, some silly name. Yeah. And it was, like, a... To kill Paul, right? I guess Elsa's boyfriend. Yeah, well, that was part of it. That was like something that he talked about in the in the book or whatever, and it was like so so funny because it's true, or something like that, and it's it's just ridiculous, and it's I like it. I love how straightforward it is, and just like and like saying, okay, yeah, the Nazi ideology is just ridiculous, and it's it's never done in a distasteful way. And that's what I really appreciate about this movie. You know, you can, you know, hate the movie, but there's one character that you would love, Yorkie. Yeah. He's <laughs> such a lovable guy. He's, he's definitely one of my favorite characters in the movie. He's, Yorkie is, um, is Jojo's friend who, I guess, is uh, sort of sent into the war, even though he's like an 11-year-old, <laughs> 10-year-old kid, which is hilarious. And <laughs> he's so naive and, you know... Yorkie has so many funny lines in this in yeah. this movie. I wish I could pull more up right now because like on IMDb there's not a ton, <laughs> which makes me a little upset. You could check out my review at you know. Oh yeah, check out AJ's review. It's on the site. We'll probably link it when when we post uh, this podcast. Uh, but uh, yeah, AJ wrote a really great review about Jojo Rabbit on the site, so you should all check it out. You know, I also love the soundtrack the score of the movie mm-hmm. you know it begins with Beatles uh, I wanna hold your hand have you heard that song? oh okay I forgot about that opening scene cause it was like um, it was like Hitler and the Nazis but they were being treated like the Beatles were because yeah. it was like, like cause that was like it's supposed to be like a visual representation of like when the Beatles mm-hmm. came to America and like the the, yeah. the, 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 the British and, invasion or whatever <laughs> And it's like everyone, like all these girls are going crazy over the Beatles. Yeah. But in this case, it's like everyone's going crazy <laughs> over Hitler. I think that was that was. And like they play the German version of the song, mm-hmm. uh, Beatles song. And like you know the, some of the sad scenes have a piano score that you know, takes away the mood. And then there's like, a good soundtrack during you know the happy scenes during mm-hmm. the dance last the last dance they have it. Mm-hmm. So you know like. The score helps to transition between, you know, happy scenes and the sad scenes. Mm-hmm. Now, at the end, it's um, it's the German version of David Bowie's Heroes. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. And Where it's just the, them, Elsa <laughs> and Jojo, just dancing outside the house. Because that, that's another thing, another idea that's set up throughout the movie mm-hmm. is this whole idea of, like, um, like oh, what are you, you going to do once, once, like, you're free? You're just gonna dance, and so once they step out of the house after the war, 
they just dance and that's the end of the movie it's really sweet really wholesome and like I also like you know how you know uh, every scene has like two camera angles distinct mm-hmm. one is like taking an overview of the whole scene and one is from Jojo's point of view mm-hmm. like to keep the camera at a low angle and you see how Jojo sees the world mm-hmm. you know that gives a perspective to us as an audience to you know mm-hmm feel how Jojo is feeling, get his experience, and then make a judgment. Right. You know, we're, we're very much, like, viewing the world from uh, from his point of view. Mm-hmm. And, which I think is a, is a really smart way to tell this story. Especially, like, how, you know, like, li- I mean, he's not, like, a little kid. He's, he's, like, 10 years old. But, like, how how children, children are, like, sponges. Like, they will just yeah. absorb whatever... You you tell them, and so in t- in terms of like this ideology and this this way of thinking, like it's it's such a uh, a smart way and such a such a clever takedown of of all the all, of all the propaganda and how like mm. uh, sort of simple minded it is and and ignorant it is. It's like oh, it's just like it's just being copied by this kid, and it's almost like kind of tragic in a way. Mm. At, at the beginning just like seeing everything but also also really comedic it's just a really good blend of tones and also the scene of, you, you, do you remember the scene where like he writes he writes a fake letter from Paul to Elsa yeah and then like then Elsa feels bad and then he like he feels sorry for her and then he writes a good letter mm-hmm. that you know showed me how Jojo is actually empathetic even though right right like he finally knows how to be empathetic. I, th- I thought those those scenes with the letters are, are were really sweet. I think this movie. I kind of briefly talked about it, but I think a lot. Some of this movie is kind of also a takedown of toxic masculinity in a way. Mm. Um, just just through just through the lens of JoJo, because I I feel like at the beginning mm. he struggles with everyone is making fun of him for being uh, like physically weak or oh, not yeah. willing to mm. kill. And so a lot of his frustration has to do with with that, and then at the end he starts to really become more empathetic and 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 less like trying to be hyper masculine all the time. Yeah, I could I could see that now. Yeah, I I think I think that like the idea of toxic masculinity is, toxic masculinity is also something that's like indoctrinated by like young boys. And it's like something that they grow up with, like oh, you need to, you need to be, uh, you need to be tough, you need to be strong, and it's also kind of something that's paralleled by the Nazi ideology, like you need to be this way, you need to hate Jewish people, you need, yeah. So I'm, I think that's a really good undercurrent of this entire movie, and something that I, I, I noticed. And you know, it also you know brings the thing of you know anti hate movie. Yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, again, like, the, the anti-hate, anti-hate satire is very much what this is, and it does a really good job at it. He won the, uh, Toronto, yeah, the people's, yeah, yeah, the People's Choice Award at TIFF, which was won by Green Book last year, which I think is a far inferior movie, but... I, would you agree with that or not? Um, I would say Jojo Rabbit is better, in my opinion, because I'm, I'm more into World War Two than I'm into, you know, American history right now. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the reasons I would regard Jojo Rabbit as a better movie. And also, I like a movie where it also makes you laugh sometimes. 
mm-hmm. compared to Greenberg, which was more of a serious tune. Yeah, yeah. Greenberg was kind of more of a drama than it was a comedy, but also sort of. Um, I don't know. I think I think it's it's weird that people are calling Jojo Rabbit like a safe movie, because uh, like, Green Book is sort of thematically pretty similar, but it's it's I think it takes it way more safe, mm. way more safe than something like Jojo Rabbit. I think it's all it's kind of kind of a little bit problematic also because it's like like a white savior thing too, yeah. which I'm like yeah that's sort of, that's sort of weird. But if that's a predictor of this getting a Best Picture nomination, then that's... I guess they didn't nominate for Oscars. They haven't, like, you know, put it out there. Oh, yeah, I don't think they nominate or they uh, announce the nominations till January, I think. Mm-hmm. But if... It's going to be really weird to see because, like, uh, some early predictions are, like, I think Jojo Rabbit's going to be nominated for Best Picture. Definitely stuff like Once Upon a Time, The Irishman, uh, Marriage Story... Do you think Joker's going to get a, a Best Picture nomination? Joker could get Best uh, Director, I guess, of Cinematography. I think for sure. I, that's one of my favorite parts about that movie is mm. the cinematography. I think there's no way Walking Phoenix isn't going to get a, a Best Actor nomination. Oh, yeah. It could, get a, it could get a Best Actor, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, last year was, what, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody's Rami Malik, right? Mm-hmm. I just think it's... Uh, That'll be so crazy to see this movie, which is like a crazy kind of mm-hmm. left field movie that almost kind of went mainstream. About it's kind of like the underdog. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's it's like a, it's a weird movie, but it's that'll be so that that would be cool to see it win Best Picture. But I mean, I would say that not I would, the people who are mainly in the Oscars, you know, the people who make the decisions. I wouldn't say what it is, like, their style of movie. Like, what it is style of movie is quite different than what they like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see this being uh, a really big hit, like, the Golden Globes. Because yeah. they, they separate it by, like, drama and comedy. And I think this is one of the most notable, just, like, straight up... Well, I mean, it is kind of a drama at the same time. But I think overall, I feel like I'd classify it more as a comedy. Yeah, I think, I think this is going to be a, a huge movie at the Golden Globes. Like, I think mm-hmm. this is, like... We'll probably win the best picture for, for comedy yeah. there, and then, uh, and then whatever ends up winning best drama at the Golden Globes will uh, will be like the awesome. th- those would be like the top two for like what ends up winning best picture because like last year at the Golden Globes I think it was it was yeah it was Bohemian Rhapsody won best drama somehow. Against like Beale Street and and I would say that the thing about Bohemian Rhapsody that they took a real story and like they smushed it so much that it became a drama. Like, yeah, you have like Freddie Mercury is going to die right now. Let's do the biggest uh, you know uh, concert in the world. Right, and that wasn't even like the Accurate. the Live Aid performance was way before he even yeah. was you know about to about to die. And it was just, I was just, it was so odd to see because it was, uh, like Beale Street, Star Is Born, Black Klansman, like all these movies going up against Bohemian Rhapsody, and Bohemian Rhapsody still somehow came out on top, which. And that I mean, was even, I like Queen. I like their song. That I also like the Beatles, but you know. Did you, you end up seeing yesterday? No, I, I I didn't like the premise of it. I'm like, it's a weird premise. It is a weird premise. Yeah. Uh, is it a good movie? I never saw it. Yeah. Yeah, 
I mean, like, uh, I was like, what, Sykes? <laughs> Everybody forgets all the Beatles songs except one guy. And, like, he's going to make it. Right. And then I saw the reviews of it. I'm like, nah, yeah. not it, worth it. A lot of people weren't crazy about it. And I'm like, yeah, that, that makes sense. <laughs> oh, I heard that Ed Sheeran in it, so I might, you know. Yeah, he was in the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I uh, so I, I, that's, that's so bad. I might see it somewhere in the near future. Mm-hmm. I think closing thoughts about the movie, I really, really, really like it. Yeah. It's hilarious, but also never loses its dramatic factor, mm-hmm. which I feel like I say about a lot of movies, but this does it really well. You um, know, it's what it is. If you watch, you know, like something like Ragnarok, Ragnarok is also like, uh, really like, he, Todd loses his, you know, his eye, his hammer, his, you know, his home. Mm-hmm. But still, it uh, the movie has a lot of, you know, comedic elements to it. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. And that's something that that YTV does. does super well. I haven't seen his, you know, What We Do in the Shadows, so I can't comment that's, on that. That movie, I think, is is less a drama and more just a, a, a straight-up comedy, but I, that movie is still hilarious. Um, what We Do in... No, 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 no. Uh, Hunt for the Wilder People oh. is, is another really good example of that. I think it's a movie that's hilarious. Um... But also pretty dramatic and has a lot of heart to it. Hmm. I would say that if you want to watch a World War II movie and you don't want to, like, you know, spend, like, two and a half, three, almost three hours watching Glorious Bastards or something like that. Or, like, Schindler's List. That's yeah, three List. hours long. Yeah. But Schindler's List is, like, a different kind of a movie, I would say. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, if you want to just have a fun time and, you know, like a movie and, you know, make the emotions feel to you, then you should watch Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, and I'm really excited to see uh, where this goes during award season because and, that's just uh, I guess most of the child actors you know Yorkie's actor and uh, who's the who's the kid the actor behind Jojo RTH and you know the other uh, Roman Roman Griffin Davis who plays Jojo I guess except Elsa's character all of the kids characters it was their first movie Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see what they do after this, you know. Was was it really first movie? Yeah, Wait, except uh, Elsa's, as Elsa, uh, except Mackenzie. I guess everyone is doing their first movie. This was their first movie. I think that's re- that's really impressive for for uh, Roman Griffin Davis who plays JoJo because yeah. he he plays that role with a with a lot of innocence, but also like a lot of. I mean, considering it's the first movie, I want to see more of him. Yeah, no, same, same. Honestly, I think he's he's really great in that role, and everyone does a really good job with this movie. I think, mm-hmm. I I really really enjoyed it. I mean, I could I I was excited to see you know Al Affy Allen in a new movie like after Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. He he was quite great in Game of Thrones. I want to see how he would do like you know. Also, you know, uh, Sam Rockwell did a great job. You know. And when I watched the movie for the first time, I thought I would like I would forget about this guy, mm-hmm. but then he may then he like he stole my heart. I would say in the last <laughs> scene. Oh my god! The, I I I keep thinking about the scene where he shows Jojo the 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 crayon drawn costume, <laughs> yeah. and, and then he he actually comes out in one of the final scenes in that costume. In that costume, and he's like, it's amazing. <laughs> and in the end, like he makes Jojo, you know, like go save Elsa, have a happy life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This movie's this movie's really good. Mm-hmm. Go see it if you want a happy movie. I think you said it yeah. best. 
But yeah, uh, thank you guys for listening. You can check our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Spotify. And you can check us out on Facebook and on Twitter and Instagram at Film Club UW for all of our latest news. And thank you again, AJ, yeah. for, for bringing this movie in, for coming on the podcast. Also, I'm going to write the new Star Wars movie review, so check. stay Ooh, on for that. Okay, I'm... <laughs> I'm excited for that movie. I bought the I bought my ticket. Yeah, already. me too. Number nineteen. <laughs> Ooh, let's, premiere. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Um, and then I'll link I'll link his Jojo Rabbit review as well in the description of this podcast, so you guys can all check it out. And we will catch you guys next week. Bye bye. Thank you.